Back and better than ever, Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line today, they will include Brett Favre, one hour from now. The legend live with me for 15 minutes, talking about Aaron Rodgers, talking about Patrick Mahomes, and a whole lot more. Meanwhile, Doris Burke from the bubble in 15 minutes, talking about the hoops. Also today, Bill Belichick is going to change football as we know it. And one of my favorite people ever said something that is just completely nuts. All that and a whole lot more on the way, but we have to start with this. Gary Trent Jr. will dribble out the final three seconds. It's a game one Rip City winner. The Blazers take down the Lakers. Like I continue to say, this is different. This is different um, in the aspect of just, I mean, we're in a bubble with no fans. But as far as uh, me being locked in on the game plan, that doesn't change. I'm still going with the Portland Trailblazers. To win uh, the series. To win the series. Now, LeBron, he's going to have to dominate the series because he's the only advantage they got. So I love Charles Barkley. I do not agree that they're going to sweep. I'm not even about to say that the Lakers are going to lose this series, but you are seeing some of the obvious flaws that have been around all this season. Trouble in the bubble for LeBron and the Lakers. Jackie Mack from this morning. Charles Barkley yesterday here told you what was going to happen. Then last night on TNT, he brought a broom. So that's the question. Are the Lakers legitimately in trouble? Are they in legitimate jeopardy of getting bounced in the first round by the Portland Trailblazers? The answer? No, they're not. Lakers are going to win. Lakers are going to win this series. I wouldn't be surprised if they wind up winning it easily from this point forward. And I will tell you exactly why. Two basic reasons. The first, the Portland Trailblazers played their 10th playoff game last night. Their 10th consecutive playoff game over the last three weeks. They've been in playoff mode from the moment everyone got back to the bubble. Damian Lillard told you during the break, he's not going back if it, if it means he can't play for a playoff spot. He wanted to play games that mattered. They've been playing games that mattered for almost a month. The last time LeBron James' team played a game that mattered was March. The last time LeBron James' team played a game that mattered, you didn't know what the coronavirus really was. It was something that shut down the Chinese Basketball Association and might have some impact here. Think about how long ago that was. That's the last time LeBron's team played a game that mattered. So they're going to need a little time to get going. They also didn't seem to have it last night. And LeBron, and you heard it in that open, acknowledged that he didn't feel it. He's having trouble getting used to the no fans and all the rest of it. And R.J. Williams this morning on our new morning show did not like hearing that from LeBron. This is what fuels the LeBron James detractors when you compare him to the likes of Kobe Bryant, when you compare him to the likes of Michael Jordan. I want LeBron James to be a lion. I want him to sound like a lion sounds. What a lion sounds like after a game when you lose? No, we weren't good enough today. We'll see you guys tomorrow. I will agree with Jay to an extent. I wasn't crazy about LeBron saying that either. But the primary reason is I'm not crazy about the fact that it is the case. I'm going to chalk more of this up to the strangeness and the rust than not being intense enough. And it is my belief that the primary reason I remain convinced the Lakers will come back and win this series is that LeBron James is not going to let this happen. He just referenced, Jay did, Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant. What those guys would have done is exactly what LeBron will do. He will put this team on his shoulders. There is no conceivable chance he lets them lose in this circumstance. 
He will figure out exactly what Jay just said and what I'm saying, that you have to ignore the fact that you've got pretend people sitting in the stands with piped-in noise. You have to put the uniqueness, the unusual nature of the circumstances completely aside and play. And you better do it quick because the other team has the best player in the world right this minute. Right this second, Damian Lillard is the best basketball player in the world. And I love that guy. And if you don't love Damian Lillard, if you don't love watching him play, then you don't love basketball. He's unbelievable, and he alone makes them dangerous. But last night, the Lakers shot 5 of 32 from three-point range. That won't happen again. No way that happens again. And LeBron James and Anthony Davis combined to score 51 points. They will score 70 in Game 2. The Lakers scored 93 points in a playoff game last night. They held Portland to 100 and lost. That won't happen again. So last night was a night filled, I think, with irregularities. Now, do I like Charles walking around the studio with a broom? Who doesn't? What's there not to like about that? It's awesome. And it's what makes Charles great. And I respect his opinion, but I disagree. I think LeBron is going to come back and play out of his mind. Do you remember the LeBron? When LeBron's back is against the wall, nine out of ten times he's brilliant. The difference between LeBron and Michael is that tenth time. Michael, when his back was against the wall, 10 out of 10 times was brilliant. LeBron's percentage is about as good as anybody else's ever. And LeBron will come out like a maniac in game two. And Anthony Davis will play, and they will score 70 between them. They scored 51 last night. They will score 70 between them. This team will figure out how to throw the ball in the ocean, which they couldn't do last night. And they will win game two. There's another factor in this, and that is... That in a normal circumstance, the Blazers would have accomplished more last night than they did. Which is to say that this is just a best of seven. And it doesn't make any difference really in what order you win the games. In any other year in NBA history, what the Blazers would have done last night was steal home court advantage. But there is no home court advantage to steal. So they didn't actually steal anything last night. They just won a game. And they need to win four. And as much as I respect them and as much as I love Dame, they won't. The Lakers will win the series. Five or six games. They will come back and play huge. And the primary reason is because LeBron will figure out exactly how they need to do it. I'm counting on that. So they're not in trouble. Neither are the Bucs. Another one seed that lost their first game. But the Bucs are not in trouble for an entirely different reason. The Bucs are not in trouble because, A, they will still beat Orlando, and, B, they weren't winning it all anyway. If you watch Milwaukee, Milwaukee, I love the Bucs. I love Giannis, and I'm about to explain to you why the league needs Giannis to stay in Milwaukee. But that team has no earthly idea where they want to go for a bucket late in a close game. It's what killed them last year against Toronto, and it will be their downfall again. They're my fourth pick in the Eastern Conference. I know I'm going to make everybody in Milwaukee mad at me, and I don't mean it that way. I'm just giving you my honest assessment. I'd love to be wrong, and Lord knows I usually am. Hashtag KOD. If you're listening in Milwaukee right now, if you're going to Carl Rogers for dinner tonight, you should be, well, and you probably can't do that right now, but if, this was a, if we were living in the world right now, then you would be saying, thank goodness, Greeny thinks we're going to get worked. You're going to win this series. But Toronto, Boston, even Miami, I like coming out of the East before I do the Bucks, And I'll tell you why I hope I'm wrong. 
I've lived my whole life basically in two cities, two of the three biggest cities in America, New York and Chicago. I grew up in New York, then I grew up again in Chicago. And I've lived in one or the other basically all of my life. But I'm a firm believer that in sports, for sports to work, for these leagues to work at their best, these small market teams have to matter. One of the many things that made the NFL so great in recent years was that Peyton Manning was in Indianapolis and Brett Favre was in Green Bay and they were the two biggest stars in the league. And the fact that they were in Indianapolis and Green Bay didn't have any impact on that at all. So the NBA needs Giannis in Milwaukee. They need Zion in New Orleans. They need John Morant in Memphis. If those guys are just going to play for a while there and then leave to go to one of their bigger markets, why are there teams there? Why have a team in Milwaukee or Memphis if you don't want them to be good? We need them to be good. You need a fence to be as strong. I get this one wrong all the time. Is a fence as strong as its weakest link? Is a chain? Whatever it is that is only as strong as its weakest whatever, that's what the NBA needs to be. So I want to see Milwaukee win. I want to see Giannis win because I am genuinely concerned that he will leave there if they lose. And I don't want to see that happen. It's not going to happen in this round. They'll beat Orlando. But I think it might stop there. And they won't get past Toronto if they wind up playing them. I'm Greeny, and I'm presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who save with Progressive save over $750 on average. As we continue, Doris Burke, she's going to join us live next from the bubble with her thoughts on all of this. And then Bill Belichick is about to change football as we have always known it with one move. And I'll tell you what that is as we continue. Just getting started. I'm Greeny. This is ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Greeny back with you on ESPN Radio. You can watch on TV on ESPN News if you like. Presented by Progressive Insurance. And my first guest today joins us on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. Shell V-Power Nitro Plus Premium Gasoline. We go inside the bubble for the best in the business. Doris Burke. Hello, Doris. Good morning, Greeny. And did I see something to suggest that in your opening uh, segment, you are more confident than ever in the Los Angeles Lakers? Because if that's true, I want to know why. That is correct. Because everything... Nothing could possibly go as badly for them as it went last night. They shot five of 32 from three. LeBron doesn't look awake. The, 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 the Bucks. here's what I said. The Buck. excuse me, the, the Trailblazers, whom they are playing, played their 10th playoff game last night in three weeks. The last time the Lakers played a meaningful game was at a time when most people in America didn't know what the coronavirus was. Think how long ago that was. The Lakers will wake up. LeBron will figure it out, and I have total confidence in him to figure out whatever it is they need to do strategically. I think he and Anthony Davis will combine for 70 points in Game 2, where they scored 51 last night, and I remain very confident they will win. Am I nuts? No, you know what? Your sentiment about you know the required level of playoff intensity and rhythm is valid as it relates to the Portland Trailblazers. And this series may eventually go in their in their favor. But what I do think is the flaws are real for the Los Angeles Lakers as it relates to their championship aspirations. I, too, because I've had a front row seat, have incredible confidence in LeBron James and in Anthony Davis because of his skill set. 
My concerns are this. All season long, half-court scoring has been, at times, an issue for this team because the consistent long-range shooting has not always been there. You know, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, who has been terrific for them all year long, has got to prove in the crucible of the playoffs that he can consistently make those shots. It's one thing to play well in the regular season. It's an entirely different thing to make those open shots around LeBron and AD because you are the guys who are going to get them, Alex Caruso, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, and Kyle Kuzma. I also think, Greeny, they have lived and thrived off their defense and in transition. That length at the rim, the ability to protect the paint is real, and they play out of that. And the absence of Avery Bradley at the point of attack to sort of be disruptive is real. And so, uh, yes, you know, I think ultimately they can win the series. Though, as you know, Portland would have been likely ahead of Dallas in the standings because of their experience and all the talent had they been healthy from the outset. So this is not your typical eight seed. And what do the Lakers have to do to get out of this series? I'm, I'm really curious. And one more point on the Lakers, mm-hmm. because I am so, and I've, I've said this to you before, and it really intrigues me. One of the things Frank Vogel had said to us in a coaches meeting, you know, prior to the game, just discussing a lot of different things about his team. And it's, it's invaluable to us. And he talked about Anthony Davis's ability to make three point shots being one of the things they have to see consistently because of the spacing on the floor. And, you know, I believe he is a monster talent, um, but that's, you know, that's the, the greatness that's going to be required from Anthony Davis and LeBron James Knightley to win a championship is real. And so uh, I love your confidence because I believe in LeBron James implicitly, but it's just they're they're fascinating to me on so many levels, the Lakers. We've got four games tomorrow. Doris has two of them, Pacers Heat and Magic Bucks on ESPN. And, and there's... The- Along those lines, Doris, like LeBron was talking after the game last night about how hard it is to get used to being without the fans and all of that. I can tell you that watching on television, they've done an extraordinary job of making it feel as close to normal as I think it possibly could. But you're there. Just how different is the environment than it would be under normal circumstances? You know, it's a great point because I had wondered what the viewer was experiencing at home because I know when I'm in my room and then also I had gone to the play-in uh, between uh, Portland and when I'm locked into the game and the drama that is uh, and the incredible high level of basketball that's being played down here, I don't feel the difference. I do, however, when I'm required to call the game myself, find it different, Greeny, in this way. I'm further away from the action, and I'm looking through about an inch of plexiglass, and all of those things are 100% appropriate. And so it's slightly more challenging. I take a beat more often than I would typically. I don't necessarily pick up on the nuance of interaction between teammates. I can't see the players on the bench, and you pick up clues in the course of a game, how a, how a team is reacting, how an individual player is reacting, what's the interaction between, uh, you know, head coach and player. I don't, I am at such a distance that I don't see all that. Mm. So it is fascinating for me to hear LeBron James say that, uh, to know that it is different. And obviously, if they were to meet the Clippers in a seven-game series, that could have been a seven-game home game series for the Lakers because we know how much Los Angeles is a Laker town. And so 
I am fascinated, and I can't feel the difference, but I am paying very close attention to what those players say because as somebody being required to or being fortunate enough to announce it, I feel a difference in my coverage. It it feels like it has gotten to LeBron a little, and that's another of the reasons I think he'll turn that around because he'll just recognize there's nothing he can do about that, and he'll figure out a way to overcome it. At least he'll have to. If not, then this run is going to be short, whether it ends in this round or not. Doris with us on the Shell Pentol performance line. So I mentioned you've got two Eastern Conference games tomorrow. Every team in the East has played one game. The Bucks have lost to the Magic. The Celtics have mm-hmm. lost Gordon Hayward. Toronto looks really good as they have. Miami mm-hmm. with a one-game lead. Through your eyes, through one game, who looks like the team to beat in the East? Well, I've been saying this throughout the course of the eight seeding games and the first couple of weeks. You know, I think Toronto is a real threat. And I'm going to go back to something Frank Vogel said to me in a Zoom call as we prepped for one of his games in the regular season. And that was, I said, I think Toronto is a legitimate threat to come out of the East. And Frank's response to me, Greeny, was come out of the East. He said, I think they're a legit threat to repeat. Mm. So he's not saying he thinks they will repeat. He just thinks they are legit. Here's what I know about the Raptors. They are deep. They are uh, champion of championship pedigree. They carry themselves differently. They executed a high level on both ends of the floor. They are made up of individually sound defensive players who can follow a game plan, who know personnel, and who can flip in the middle of a possession from one defense to another. And there is incredible trust between a coach that is brilliant in Nick Nurse and the personnel that they have. Um, now, listen, you know this. In the course of an NBA playoff series, it grinds to a halt. In individual brilliance, those rare players like Kevin Durant, like LeBron James, like Steph Curry, who can in, the, in those moments where things are at its most intense, the pressure is squarely on your shoulders. And those guys who can handle that with grace and deliver over and over and over again, do they have that one player? They spent a season trying to gloom pas- groom Pascal Siakam to be that guy, to go make that mid-range shot under duress. And maybe maybe for the first time somebody comes out and it's a group effort where that's concerned. I don't know the answer to that. Um, but I do think Toronto is a real threat in the East. Everyone is on Get Up in the morning has been picking the Raptors in the Eastern Conference. Doris Burke, again, will have Pacers heat tomorrow and then Magic Bucks on ESPN, part of a four-game day on ESPN's playoff coverage tomorrow. Thank you, Doris. We'll have, fu- have fun down there. We'll see you as soon as we can. Bye, Greeny. All right, that's Doris Burke with us down there. Don't forget to listen to ESPN Audio at home via your sports, excuse me, via your smart speaker. Let me read that again. I should put my glasses on. This is the worst thing that has happened since I left Mike and Mike. I, I want to tell everybody what happened. I can read just fine, but I got new contacts so I can see further when I play golf because I hit the ball further than I used to. And as a consequence, I don't read as well. Don't forget to listen to ESPN Audio at home via your smart speaker. ESPN Audio at home brought to you by Mercedes-Benz Vans. Drive a Mercedes-Benz van and find out how far an extra mile really goes. From customization and service to financial assistance, Mercedes-Benz Vans are ready for anything. Bill Belichick is about to change the sport. Talk about it with Marcus Spears next. I'm Greeny, and this is ESPN Radio. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. 
And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Busy, busy day. Greeny rolling on ESPN Radio on your TV on ESPN News. Christine just said it. Brett Favre live in a half hour. Except he's not live. We taped it yesterday, but he'll be with us for <laughs> in a half hour, and it's a terrific interview. He is extremely candid, and we went pretty deep on a bunch of different things. We've talked a lot of hoops this morning, but I want to get back into the football because it is my opinion Bill Belichick is about to change the sport. He's got two quarterbacks there who play the game differently, Jared Stidham and Cam Newton. And they talked to Belichick this morning about the possibility of platooning, platooning his quarterbacks, something they've been doing in college forever. And everything in the NFL copies college these days. So they talked to him about the possibility of platooning his quarterbacks. And as only he can, Belichick says it's a possibility. Yeah, it might. I, look, I would, all, I would always say I'll do what I think is best for the team, what gives us the best chance to win. So uh, whatever that is, I would, you know. I would certainly consider that if it's run on balance line or double unbalanced line or you know twenty three personnel or you know whatever it is if that's if it helps us win then you know I would consider anything. Let's talk about it further with my absolute favorite, the big swagoo Marcus Spears, who was terrific with us this morning and every morning that we have him on get up and and Marcus, I have a bunch of things I want to get to with you, but I want to start here. It is my belief that the pros have started copying the colleges in so many different ways with the way they run their offense and the spread and the RPO and everything else that a natural next progression of that is for a team that doesn't have Patrick Mahomes at quarterback to try playing two instead of one at the position. Do you think we will see it? And is New England this year start? Gee, it's a possibility, but I'm still, you know, call me old school, call me whatever you want. I still think you're in a better position when you have one guy. So you can focus all of your attention on him getting ready uh, to go out and execute a game plan. Listen, we've seen the college moniker already. Look at Lamar Jackson. Look at Deshaun Watson. We are not far removed from quarterbacks not being able to run and don't design plays for them to get outside of the pocket and they shouldn't be taken off. You shouldn't have an implementation of quarterbacks being able to, with plays built in for them to run the football. And i.e., we look at New England like you asked about. Cam Newton, one of the biggest uh, travesties was the fact that he's been injured. 
And everybody attributes that to the fact that Cam Newton is physical and he runs out of the pocket. But to be honest with you, G, like I don't want to say this too loud, Cam Newton has actually been hurt more from the pocket Mm. than he has getting outside of the pocket and running. So it's a big misnomer. I don't think that NFL teams are ready to commit to saying, hey, we're going to bring two guys in. We're going to run this system all season long. Now, obviously – If you find kinks in the armor of defenses like the Saints implement with Taysom Hill and they can add some a few things, a few plays to get guys in the game that may exploit something that the defense doesn't do well. Yes, I'm all for it. Go for it. And we look at Bill Belichick and and like you and I talked about this morning, Bill Belichick is all about the knowns. He wants to know what the game plan is, who is my guy. And that's not to say he can't have a two QB system. But based on everything that we've seen Bill Belichick do and evolve around and grow is the fact that he deals in the fact I want to know what my guys are going to be every Sunday. And I just don't think he has that sense of security with a two-quarterback system. I could be absolutely wrong. That could be something Josh McDaniels wants to do on the offensive side of the ball to use some of Cam's tools to, to add to this offense. I believe Cam Newton is going to be the starter. I believe they are going to implement a plan for Cam Newton to have success as long as well as the New England offense. And I believe they go forward with that. I just don't buy the two quarterback system in the NFL. And it's going to be a hard turn for, for somebody to convince me that that's the best way to win in that league. All right. I'll keep working on you on that one. Marcus Spears with me here on ESPN radio. Okay. Here's the real thing I want to ask you today because people ask me this all the time. And I don't know what the right answer is. We're supposed to have answers for everything. I don't have an answer for this question. People ask me all the time, should they be playing college football this fall? Marcus, what is the right answer to that question? Yes, G. But they have to stop worrying about PR and they have to admit that these college athletes are not amateurs. And they are either semi-pro or professional players. Based on every look, this pandemic has torn down the structure of this idealistic NCAA student athlete amateurism. We look at North Carolina, like you and I talked about, send the students home, keep the football players here. I'm sure that that would be the plan for the SEC if it comes to that. That'll be the plan for the Big 12. That'll be the uh, plan for the ACC. We look at the conferences that are having success. And and the caveat would be, well, you know, Marcus, the Big 10 and the Pac-12, they sent their players home. And we don't know what the financial ramifications, the, the damage that will be done from those particular schools. I would love to see how much of football is is a is a is a product of making sure that those schools are legitimately sustainable. Mm-hmm. I know where I've been covering for the last five years. You take away the football program for a year or two, those schools are not sustainable to a point where you may have schools closed down as opposed to just certain athletic programs and and teams and whatever those athletic parts of it is, even some parts of the, of, the, of the core curriculum or you can't continue to keep buildings open or pay bills. I don't know if that's the case in the Big Ten or the Pac-12. I'm not going to speak on that like I do from a business standpoint. I know in the SEC, if LSU don't play, if Alabama doesn't play, um, maybe not Georgia because they have a lot of teams around them, a lot of things surround them that could possibly float. But some of these towns would be depleted if they don't have football. So, yes, but back to my original, G, 
you got to go ahead and admit that these are not amateurs. This is a money-making tool. This is how we support everything we support on campus. And see, for a long time, we had this conversation and we, everybody tried, not everybody, because you and I have had this conversation a bunch and you know where I stand on it. But people have tried to be publicly correct politically correct people have tried to say this and that about oh they getting a free education and they got a scholarship and they eat what they want and they do all of this stuff at study hall yes all of that is true and all of those are not free they are byproducts of you providing a service to your university and most people that provide a service to any infrastructure or company are considered employees which college football players are, especially in the Power Five. So yes, play football, put them in a bubble, send the students home, make sure that that is the safest place because there's a legitimate argument that these places are safer than where these athletes would go if you don't have them in school and they don't play football. Legitimate argument and reasons for that being said. But let's not play and pretend no longer that these are not businesses and they are student athletes, amateurs. They are. They got all the support of a medical staff and all that. No, they semi-professionals. They provide a service to potentially all of the university surviving, and that's what we're seeing now. So, in a way, the pandemic has exposed on football side how how important it is for those football games to be played in order for everything else across that campus to be sustained. I think that's a hundred percent right. Marcus, I'm so proud of you. It's a delight, as always. Thank you, my man. I'll see you later in the week. G, G, let me say this, man, and I know I've said it to you privately and, 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 and personally, and I think I've even said it publicly, but let me reiterate how important you've been on this journey, man. We launch NFL Live Monday the 24th, and I sat with you over dinner. We worked out together, and I said, G, what should I do? What should my next move be? You always say, stay patient. Make sure you continue to work and do the work is the thing you told me all the time. So Monday we launch a show and I'm blessed to be involved in that show with Dan Orlowski, another one who came on Get Up and Youth Coach, Laura Rutledge, Mina Kimes. And, and we have this opportunity to put a show together. But from me personally, brother, all of those things you told me, taught me, you put me in a position to shine on your shows and your platforms. So Monday the 24th should be a celebration for you as well, man, because you are a big reason I'm, I'm able to have what is now considered a show that I have as a property of my own. Well, I, I feel like a coach who has a tree now with you and Orlovsky and Rutledge and the three of you. I'll be watching 4 o'clock starting Monday on ESPN, proud as can be. I love you, big fella. I'll see you later. Love you, man. All right. Take care, brother. Marcus Spears, who's as good and as good a guy as you could possibly be. I have more to say on the Belichick thing, and don't forget, Brett Favre is on the way coming up. I'm Greeny, and this is ESPN Radio. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be.
On we go on ESPN Radio, your home for the NBA playoffs. Tune in tonight. Kawhi and the Clippers taking on Luka and the Mavs, presented by Indeed. Coverage begins 8.30 Eastern on most of these ESPN radio stations. I'm Greeny, presented by Progressive Insurance. Brett Favre in 15 minutes. We'll be right here. Meantime, I want to go back to what we were saying about Bill Belichick. I touched on it briefly with Marcus. And that is that I believe if there was someone who is going to figure this out, it's going to be Bill. I'm old enough to remember a time when colleges in football tried to emulate what they were doing in the pros. We have now reversed that completely. In the same way that it used to be that televised sports would try to emulate the in-stadium experience, and that has been reversed, to where now in stadiums they're trying to emulate the home experience. In the same way, it used to be that colleges were trying to figure out how to play like they were pros. And what has actually happened now is the pros are playing like colleges. And I would like to tell you that I was ahead of that. So let me give you some straight talk. Brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Years ago, on Mike and Mike, I asked that question a million times. I asked Golik. I asked Chris Carter. I asked anybody who would come on. I keep seeing these college teams running these spread offenses. Why can't they do that in the NFL? And the answers kept coming back. Oh, the defenses are far too sophisticated and the athletes are all better. I kept getting a million answers. Well, in the end, what wound up happening is the NFL offenses now look exactly like the college offenses. Now the quarterbacks are running. Now they run RPOs. They do all the things they do in college, except one, and that is play multiple quarterbacks. In college, there are a lot of teams that do not have a great quarterback, and so they play two. One who can run and the other who can throw. And they alternate them series by series, sometimes play by play. Now, if you have Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, you have guys like that, you're not doing that, obviously. Anytime you take Patrick Mahomes off the field, you are weakening yourself. But most teams don't have that guy. At least half the teams in the NFL don't have any facsimile of that guy. One of them is going to consider playing two people. And I wouldn't put it past Belichick to be that guy. I think it would make a lot of sense. And there are a lot of other reasons why it might work. As you get to know me here, as I come back to radio, and many of you hearing me for the first time, you will know that my two least favorite words in sports are load management. I hate load management. There should be no load management. If the players can't play every game, that means there are too many games. It doesn't mean they should sit some of them out. I hate it in basketball. It's a disgrace. That's a different conversation for a different time. But they could load manage football players, and they don't. I brought this up to Sean Payton on Get Up about two, three months ago. He didn't laugh at me. Drew Brees, the last couple of years, has looked like the – well, last year he got hurt at one point, but the year before, he looked like the MVP of the league until about week 12. And then at the age of 39 or whatever he was then, he looked like his arm got tired, and he just wasn't the same. And it is the – It is just the constant throw after throw after throw because you have to do it on Wednesday and you have to do it on Thursday. Even if they try and give them a little bit of a break, these guys are throwing hundreds of balls a week. Think what a difference it might make if you could load manage a quarterback. If you could load manage Drew Brees. I think Pittsburgh made a mistake by not signing Jameis Winston. They could load manage Ben in his return. That's why Jameis Winston to me was the most valuable, the most overlooked free agent prospect ever this offseason. Now, he wound up in a great place. Jameis Winston is still going to have a big NFL career, and he wound up in the perfect spot to do it. He will slide into Drew's seat whenever Drew is ready to vacate it.
And he will step in there and he will play in Sean Payton's offense and Sean Payton will coach him up. And Jameis Winston, who has as much pure talent and ability as any quarterback in the NFL, I think is going to be really good. He will always be, to some degree, interception prone. But so was the guy I'm having on the show in 10 minutes, Brett Favre, and he's in the Hall of Fame. So I think Jameis is going to be just fine. But just envision a scenario where you say to yourself, Breeze is going to sit week six and week 11. You're just making those dates up. You pick it out on the schedule, games you figure you can afford to lose, whatever it is. And by that, I mean, he's not playing at all. He's not practicing. He's not involved. Give him the week off. Let him rest that arm. Let him look at tape, hang out with his kids, do whatever he wants. And let Jameis play. That's something they don't do in football, but they could. And maybe Belichick does it. Maybe Belichick makes Jared Stidham the starter because everything we're hearing coming out of there, and I'll have Mike Reese on Get Up tomorrow morning, our Patriots reporter, get a little more detail on exactly what we're seeing, is that Cam, understandably, is way behind on learning the offense. He didn't get there until about 10 minutes ago. There is no preseason. You can only learn so much on Zoom, and he hasn't even had time to do that. Stidham has been there a much longer time, obviously, was there all of last year, and he watched the most accomplished quarterback of all time run the offense. So Stidham is going to be more ready to play when the season starts. Cam is the better player. If Cam is healthy, obviously, Cam is as good as practically anybody. So I wouldn't be surprised at all to see both of those guys play and for that to be part of the plan. Not necessarily for Cam to just take the job away, but for teams preparing for the Patriots every week, not to know who the quarterback is going to be. Who but Belichick would do that? Belichick would live for that kind of stuff. So I wouldn't put it past him. I brought it up to Shefty today on Get Up, and Shefty sort of agreed. It's very hard to do that in this day and age, and I think that it has not worked in the past, and it has not worked for a reason. We could go back over any number of examples in history. I think the fact of the matter is teams want to have one quarterback. There are many reasons why. I don't see that changing anytime soon, but this is an unconventional season, and this might be an unconventional solution for the Patriots to deploy. So he opened the door a crack. Opened it a crack for the Greeny plan there. And as I tell you every day, Mine is that sort of rare genius that will not be fully appreciated until long after its time. But I want this on the record, that this was my idea. Because I said this about the college spread offenses, and everyone laughed at me, and so I just dropped it. I'm not dropping this. There are teams that could play two quarterbacks, and it would be effective. I understand that they would present challenges. But football is a place where they never want to change anything. And the teams that do successfully wind up being great. Baltimore went 14-2 and last year by playing a quarterback the way everyone says you can't play a quarterback. So this change is coming. Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. We'll talk more basketball in our next hour. Lakers are not in trouble. Neither are the Bucks. I'll explain both of those. But first, the legend, Brett Favre, joins me right after this. Greeny on ESPN Radio. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. 